Welcome to Life of Angst, known exaggerations and gross misconceptions. Visit our website at lifeofangst.com. Welcome to the show. My name is Sarah. Today's episode is about the incredible Osage Orange. And I've written a blog post about the Osage Orange, and I'm gonna just kind of talk about uh, everything I learned when I uh, studied this amazing tree. So, um, the Osage Orange, if you uh, don't know what that is, I'm sure you do know what a hedge apple is. So, those big green, uh, brainy looking things that you see on the sides of the roads and in fields all over the place around here in Laclede County and across Missouri, that is uh, the fruit of an Osage Orange tree. So the Osage Orange is a thorny, dioecious tree that produces grapefruit-sized, inedible, easily recognizable fruits. Um, other names for the Osage Orange include hedge apple, bowwood, bow dark, horse apple, mock orange, and even monkey brains. And there are lots of other names uh, for the Osage Orange. So I actually, I've seen these my whole life. Um, we actually had one out in our field that we just can't get rid of and they're, they're really hard to mess with because of all the giant thorns. We're talking like three inch impale you through the hand thorns. Um, so we had one that we cut down, we burned, it came back, we cut it down. Uh, we've been fighting this tree for years. Um, but I had no idea that these trees were actually usable for anything. Um, so I actually found out that the Osage Orange is usable when I was on my quest to find forageable dyes um, for wool yarn. So if you've, if you've read any of my blog or followed me on Facebook, I do a lot of uh, foraging for natural plant dyes. And so uh, over this last summer I experimented with black walnut and pokeberry and I'd used black walnut before for making ink. Um, it's super fun to do and it's a cool ink um, but I was looking uh, just online for other you know things I could forage and I was searching uh, old newspapers um, for recipes on how to use pokeberry and I came across a recipe for how to use Osage orange to make a wool dye and I thought what the heck we've got tons of Osage orange how do you make a dye out of this thing um, so that's when I started learning all about the awesome Osage Orange. So the history of the tree itself is actually really fascinating. Um, according to a lot of sources that I've read online, the tree itself was actually originally native to only a very small area of the United States um, where the Osage tribe uh, called home. So the sources tend to disagree a little bit about where the tree originated, um, but it's commonly accepted that the native area uh, is the Red River drainage, which is encompasses parts of Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Texas. So the Osage Indians used the wood for things like bows, handles, and they likely traded the wood with other tribes um, because it was such a prized wood. It still is prized today as an amazing wood um, because it has a lot of elasticity and strength. Um, bow makers still today, you know, they covet the Osage orange. So, um, I, like I said, I started looking uh, up more information on newspapers.com. I have a subscription, and it's a great way to get primary resources for all kinds of cool things. So, um, according to several sources, in 1804, Lewis and Clark sent cuttings of the Osage Orange back to Thomas Jefferson um, so that he could propagate them. And by 1836, the Osage Orange was becoming an extremely popular tree to be planted uh, as an ornamental tree for use in hedgerows, and the wood was used for just about everything you can think of. I even read some stuff about ships 
uh, being built with Osage Orange. Um, and the Osage Orange itself um, being used in hedgerows and as basically like a fence row led directly to the invention of barbed wire. So by the middle of the 19th century, hedge mania began. Okay, at that time, fencing was expensive. It was difficult to maintain. Um, farmers didn't have four-wheelers where they could just go around and check, check their property, check their fencing. Um, so at that time, when fencing was expensive, um, there was a professor in Illinois who promoted the use of the Osage Orange as a fencing alternative. Um, and at that time, feral hogs were a major problem, worse than even it is today. Um, and the hedges were said to be, quote, horse high, hog tight, and bull strong. By 1869, around 60,000 miles of Osage orange hedges had been planted throughout the Midwest and South. Some considered the Osage orange to be just as important as the railroad, the steel plow, and the windmill for the settlement of the Midwest by Europeans. Um, and there uh, was a professor uh, at Clemson University who actually, actually wrote a scientific paper about the biology and history of the tree. So barbed wire was developed uh, to replace Osage orange. Um, the Osage orange obviously has, you know, giant spiky uh, thorns all over it. So the barbed wire kind of mimics that. Um, and it became more widely available in the 1880s and it was fairly cheap. Um, so that pretty much replaced Osage orange hedges as a fence row. But the tree itself remained in use for its wood. Um, it, it was still a popular would because of its, you know, strength and elasticity. Um, but then its popularity increased again in the 1930s uh, when Franklin Roosevelt started an initiative called the Great Plains Shelter Belt, um, where they encouraged farmers to create windbreaks to protect the farms in the Great Plains. So Osage Orange was encouraged to be used, and it was actually the most popular tree that was used in the Great Plains Shelter Belt. So because of all that really awesome history, the Osage Orange has been planted in all 48 contiguous states and in southeastern Canada. So uh, some people say it's been planted in greater numbers than almost any other tree species in North America. So uh, you might not have known before what the Osage Orange was, but I know you have seen it because they are everywhere. Um, so there's a lot of really cool, fascinating information and history about the Osage Orange, but the part that was most interesting to me wasn't even mentioned in a lot of the articles that I found about the Osage Orange. So the coolest part, and the reason I was even looking for information about the Osage Orange, was its use as a dye. So I like to forage for plant dyes and use them uh, to create uh, various natural colors for you know the knitting projects that I do. Um, so like I said, I found out about the Osage Orange that it could be used as a dye. So the heartwood of the Osage Orange is this brilliant yellow color. And you can use um, wood chips or sawdust and uh, soak them in water and boil it. And it just extracts this beautiful uh, yellow color. And it's really high in uh, tannin content. So it could probably be used as, a, as an ink too. I need to try that. Um, and you don't need to use any mordant to set the color because it is so high uh, in tannin content. Um, and if you add iron to the dye, it changes it to like this really cool mossy green color. So you can get a striking yellow color or like a variety of different green colors based on the amount of uh, iron that you use. So I actually tried both of those, um, got, got really great colors out of it. Um, and in World War I, 
Osage Orange dye was actually used to make the uniforms for American soldiers. So um, right before World War One, when we weren't in the war yet, we, it was nearly impossible to get products for making yellow dyes because we got here in the United States most of the, our dye material from Germany and Mexico. And so when trade pretty much shut down, um, we weren't able to get the colors that we needed and this was a problem for making uniforms, right? So the government of the United States began encouraging people to experiment with Osage Orange to come up with like a reproducible dye that we could use for, for the uniform. So companies all over the country started trying to develop a, a way to make a yellow dye and uh, a fence post company somewhere in the Midwest and, and several other places started experimenting with Osage Orange and uh, finally came up with a reproducible process that could be used across the country. Once they determined that yes you can use Osage Orange we can get a yellow we can make a green um, the government then said okay let's do this let's get all the Osage Orange that we can so that we can make dyes and the great part about it was that we didn't need to grow any extra Osage Orange for it we didn't need to waste you know, wood that could have been used for some other source, they could just use the waste from the Osage Orange to create the dye. Um, if you've ever seen this tree, they don't grow very straight. So there's a lot of waste that comes when you harvest a tree uh, for, for use. Um, so just the waste that we were already producing and throwing away was enough to make the dye that we needed for the uniforms for the soldiers in World War One. So an absolutely fascinating history, an absolutely fascinating tree. I hope when you see an Osage Orange, uh, next time you see one, you know that it's an Osage Orange and uh, you remember all the cool things that you learned about it. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time.